Hey, it's Pat Boyle, and today on the Best of the DA Show, it was DeMar Hamlin's first practice in pads. Just another reminder of the courageous comeback. Plus, it's a trash Tuesday. What is bugging you? Also, Andrew Bogish is stunned to a news, advanced analytics, and the epic fail. It's the Best of the DA Show. It's now. We begin with DeMar Hamlin. The nation watched an enormous Monday night football game last year between the Bengals and the Bills in a game that could have decided where the AFC championship game was played was marred by the incident where DeMar Hamlet, of course, collapsed on the field. And we all held our collective breaths as a nation and watched him get carted off and wondered... Is that young man going to live through the night? If you could take yourself back to that spot, it was as scary an incident, an episode, a sight as we've really ever seen at a sporting event because we've never seen in the middle of an NFL game, especially a high-profile one, especially one that's nationally televised, we haven't ever seen a, a human being lose their life on the field. It had happened once before back in the early 70s, but a lot of people never knew that happened. That was not a nationally televised game, and that was a moment in time that I think even your hardcore football fans may not have known a lot about. This was really the first time in the nation's history, or at least in the recent history since the turn of the century and Teddy Roosevelt outlawing some of the more barbaric practices of football that we were forced to cope with. What if our entertainment killed one of the players? Ultimately, as we know, DeMar Hamlin survived the night and became one of the most inspiring stories of the last football season and maybe any football season. Yesterday, At Bill's training camp, for the first time since the incident back in December of last year, DeMar Hamlin donned pads and went to practice. Now, Hamlin did not hit. Hamlin was not involved in tackling. But DeMar Hamlin's a member of the secondary, so ultimately he's going to do that. Yesterday, though, was just about putting on pads and going through your athletic pursuit, going through workouts, putting on pads and going through a practice. And that happened for the first time. And so DeMar Hamlin was honest saying, you know, there's there's some fear here. But he said, my faith is stronger than my fear. And he said, I've got the support of my mom, my dad, my team, the Bills Mafia. So that's why I'm back. And I want to continue to play football. A pretty astounding moment when you really piece together what has happened and what we all thought was possible in the hours or days leading up or after his collapse. And so how can we describe DeMar Hamlin's return to the football field yesterday? It is where we begin. You're cold open. Uh, man, it feels amazing. It's a roller coaster of emotions. I was kind of all over the place, you know, just kind of being back for the first time. But um, God don't make no mistakes, you know what I'm saying? I'm on God's timing. As much as the NFL is, you know, on schedule and camp starts this day, this is all God's timing, you know what I mean? So you'll hear me say that a lot up here. I'm trusting in him, and, and that's that's my strength in, in all of this right now. 
I honestly would love to like, you know, do this whole process under a rock, get myself together and then pop back out when I when I feel like my best. You know what I mean? But, you know, I, I think there's strength in, 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 you know, going through a process in front of the in front of everybody's eyes. You know, it, it shows vulnerability, it shows strength, it shows perseverance. And, you know, that's that's things I would love to stand for. I pretty much lost my life playing this sport. You know what I'm saying? So to come back and do it all over again, you know, it's just a it's a it's just you know, it's, it's all over the place, you know what I mean? But I'm rooted in my faith. I'm rooted in, you know, the love of that I receive from my family, um, my teammates, you know, and the love all around the world. That just, it, it keeps me going, you know what I'm saying? And I, I got goals that I, that I still want to achieve within this game, you know? And football teaches you so much about yourself. It teaches you so much about life. Uh, you learn so much about yourself through the game, you know what I mean? And honestly, you know, nothing... What, what bigger challenge, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a challenge, so you know I'm embracing it. I don't believe it! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes! It's your cold open. Well, as you just hear, he's an extraordinary young man. He just is, and he feels like he's been put here for a higher purpose. And that is to help spread awareness of CPR around football fields, around sporting events that that people should know if something like this happens. How do you make sure you save somebody from cardiac arrest? How do you make sure that you're getting the right treatment at the right time? And that is a really important cause. It is. Because one of the reasons, if not the most significant reason, DeMar Hamlet is still with us is because he played in the NFL and there were two teams of the highest caliber health and wellness medical professionals that were steps away from him at the sidelines you know had this happened in his home had this happened in the middle of the street who knows what the fate would have but because he had two teams of medical professionals trained have Hawkeyes, Eagle Eyes, and react immediately to things that happen on the football field, you know, he was saved. And so it's it's an important event to just recognize these heroes that live amongst us that are trained to help us. And by doing so, they save lives every single day, and we don't recognize them. Sometimes they live in anonymity. I don't think anybody amongst us, even the most hardcore football fan, could name a trainer or a chief doctor or a physician that's on the sidelines during football games. But those those people saved his life that night and then those at the hospital. And it, it just can't be ignored that we we have these types of events every single day and people are saved every single day because of the astute professionalism of 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 those employed to protect us which is just really remarkable but for Damar Hamlin I just this event happened on January 2nd he collapsed due to cardiac arrest January 2nd I don't think there was a, a a cell in my body of the millions or tens of millions or billions of cells that had any confidence Damar Hamlin would ever be on a football field again, let alone an NFL football field, let alone in July for training camp. I mean, if you really zoom back to that night, who could have possibly 
Imagine Susie Kolber and Booger McFarlane and anybody who was on the ESPN set that that night started talking about DeMar Hamlin coming back to practice in July. It would have been seen as crass, as myopic, as delusional. Nobody could have gotten away. No matter who you reported for, who you talked for, no matter who you were employed by, if you were in the professional sports sphere on the morning of January the 3rd, or that week and started talking about, yeah, and DeMar Hamlin can come back in July and practice with this team and, you know, he could be a a player moving forward for the Bills. You'd be like, are you? What are you even talking about? If this young man survives, it's a miracle. Let's not talk about him playing football in seven months. And yet here we are. It is, it's a miracle. It's extraordinary. It's beyond anything I would have ever imagined. And I'm very surprised in many ways that the NFL has cleared this because of how terrified they always are of the legalities surrounding players getting hurt on the football field. We saw this with with CTE and the the ten year the the, the moment ten years ago where everything exploded, you know on. in the public eye about CTE and about brain trauma and what was safe and what wasn't safe and what about your helmets and how young is too young and how many hits are these guys taking and what's the after effect? The NFL trying to protect themselves legally against all of that long-term damage and the players that have already suffered long-term damage. I just never thought from a legal standpoint the NFL would ever allow DeMar Hamlin back on a football field. And yet here we are. So the whole thing is kind of hard to even fathom. It's hard to even imagine, but it is, it's remarkable. It, in every single way, it's remarkable that DeMar Hamlin yesterday practiced for the Buffalo Bills. Now he didn't hit, that comes next, but he's incredible. I mean, I would be terrified of being on the football field. I'd be terrified of reliving an event like that because now I'm placed back in the same situation and yet he's an incredible young man. He really is. He's an incredible young man. Damar Hamlin back at practice for the Bills. Wow. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. If you want to jump in on a trash Tuesday, of course, Damar Hamlin should not be trash, but you know what I'm talking about. 855-212-4227. I brought up yesterday, we talked at the start of the show about Aaron Rodgers going after Sean Payton for his comments about Nathaniel Hackett. And I want to read to you a a quote that one of his wide receivers had yesterday. Alan Lazard, who was a longtime Packer wide receiver, of course, now came over to the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, told the New York Daily News, quote, I think what Aaron said spoke for everyone here. At the end of the day, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. We have bigger things to worry about than people who worry about our offensive coordinator. And I'm on record as being a vocal critic of Aaron Rodgers. I thought the way that he handled himself the last couple of years in the public eye, specifically about what he thought he was deserving of, what he thought the Packers were falling short of, his demands, his vocal criticism of what the team did or didn't do, 
his coach, his GM, him courting attention and then shunning the same attention, him courting opinions and yet wagging his finger at those that made opinions, I thought has all been um, distasteful. And I thought has all made him look like a bit of a narcissist. And, um, you know, the guy that pulls the pin on the grenade walks away and says, what, why is everyone screaming? Well, what, what happened? Why is everybody so scared? And yet, Aaron Rodgers speaking up about Nathaniel Hackett the other day and taking to task Sean Payton, I thought was the right move. You know, Rodgers could have simply said, I'm not going to talk about anything that, uh, you know, another person talked about. We're just here minding our own business and that's for other people to talk about. But instead, he stuck his foot in the water and he called out Sean Payton and called Sean Payton insecure and said, keep my coach's name out of your mouth, and went to bat for his guy. And I thought that was the right move because Aaron Rodgers is the rare exception around the NFL that has the same stature as Peyton. And so it doesn't mean much if Sauce Gardner blasts Sean Peyton. It doesn't mean much if a player who hasn't played for a, a, a Super Bowl winner or isn't going to the Hall of Fame, challenges a Hall of Fame head coach, it matters when somebody as famous or as successful as Sean Payton is willing to do that. And that the only guy in, the only guy for the New York Jets that can do it is Aaron Rodgers. It's not Robert Sala. It's nobody else in the roster. So Rodgers did that, and I think Rodgers did that to say, I'm in the same sphere as Sean Payton's, the weight of his words, and I will come back at you with those words. And so I'm here to kind of protect my guy and my locker room and my team, but also I think it's to help quiet internal skepticism of Nathaniel Hackett because let's face it, Alan Lazard may love Nathaniel Hackett because he he played under him. Aaron Rodgers may love Nathaniel Hackett because he played for him. But the rest of that locker room has no idea of Nathaniel Hackett from the next guy. And all we know, and what a lot of people see, is that Hackett was a total bozo last year. Let's face it. There's no hiding that. Whether it was Russ, whether it was the roster, whether it was the ownership change, the whole thing was a bust, but Hackett looked like a complete disgrace on the sideline most weekends, most Sundays. So there's got to be internal skepticism as well. And there's Aaron Rodgers saying, that's my guy. I believe in that guy. He's our guy, and you don't talk about him that way. I think that's important. If you're going to get everybody on the same page inside that locker room, I think saying that, stating that is important. So when Lazard says, I think what Aaron said spoke for everyone here, that's what I'm talking about. I thought it was the right move by Rodgers. <laughs> presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. Welcome back, everybody. Listen to the DA Show on hundreds of affiliates nationwide, as well as 
Sirius XM channel 158 and stream us using the free Odyssey app or the free CBS Sports app as well. Soundcheck is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare? Want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now. You get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. All right. Soundcheck begins with Dwight Franey. This guy's a Indianapolis Colts legend, and he joined Zach Gelb last night right here on CBS Sports Radio and discussed the Jonathan Taylor situation where their stud running back has demanded a trade. Here's Freeney. I just don't really understand what Jonathan and his agent is really thinking. If I was him, this would be a perfect place for me to stay. When the market is, 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 is kind of in flux and you don't know, stay home. Stay where people know you and people love you, all right? Especially with this new system that they're going to be putting in, all these RPOs. It's going to be a run-heavy offense. You have an opportunity to put up big, big numbers. This is where you need to be. I don't know where you where, where you think you're going to go. Maybe from a strategy standpoint, you go out there and roll the dice, Jonathan, and say, hey, you know what? I want to get an extension, and I'll hold out until I get it or something like that. If you want to hold out throughout camp until you get it until the last day ah, you know what I was just joking you know I'm coming out and I'm doing what I normally do but the demand a trade I think is extreme and that uh, it really creates a foul foul taste and sense throughout the organization I think Dwight Freeman makes a lot of sense there I mean I I do believe that Jonathan Taylor is not even thinking about how he's used in the offense. He just wants a paycheck. He wants an extension. He wants a new contract. As he watches the rest of the running backs kind of shrivel up on the free agent market and thinks, when am I ever going to have leverage except right now when I'm still healthy and I'm still young and I'm still productive? So I don't even think it has anything to do with where he's going to play. It's just about his agent or him getting desperate about getting paid. And and all of these running backs probably feel the same amount of trepidation, of of anxiousness about this. But it's I've heard so many stupid things that it's just it's head scratching. I mean, the conversation that is pivoted to, well, these running backs should ask for a different position designation that they should they shouldn't just be running backs well what does that mean okay so let's make Jonathan Taylor or Saquon Barkley some new position because they catch passes as well out of the backfield so let's just call it like whatever a T-back okay what so General managers will now just forget everything they know about the running backs. The same exact people, the same exact players be like, oh, well, now they're not a running back, so I guess I should pay them. Now they're a T-back. I mean, they're still the same people doing the same job. It's not like in the salary cap, there's an allocation to running backs and you're not allowed to go over it. It's the people doing it. It's like people are looking for a solution to something that's not broken. It's just the value of the person doing the job. It's nothing more, nothing less. Anyway, here's Oregon football coach Dan Lanning as Colorado is leaving the Pac-12. Not a big reaction. I mean, I'm trying to remember when 
what they won to affect this conference. I don't remember. You remember them winning anything? I don't remember them winning anything. That's it. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's a great response. I mean, let's face it. Colorado football, sorry, Cap, has been pretty much a disgrace since it entered the Pac-12. If we were to go back to the Pac-12 entry point under John Embry, the legendary John Embry, who was there for two seasons, they went 3-10 and and then 1-11 and in the Pac-12. Then Mike McIntyre went there and they went 4-8, 2-10, 4-9, and then had that random 2016 season where they went 10-4 and and 8-1 and of the Pac-12 at an Alamo Bowl and finished in the top 20 and then back to losing 5-7, and 5-7, and 5-7, and and then under Carl Durrell, 4-8, and eight, and then the 1-11 disgrace last season. So they have never been anything of no to the Pac-12. But you can't blame Colorado for jumping. That's the problem here. It's a great soundbite. It's great. And all these coaches are just so petty about this type of stuff because clearly it leaves the Pac-12 on even shakier ground. And the people left behind are going to be bitter. But is Colorado supposed to not go to a place where they actually have history, the Big 12? Probably geographically is equal, if not a little better than the Pac-12. And the, the Big 12's on better ground right now. Is a more stable television deal. I mean, you'd kind of be crazy at Colorado not to go to the Big 12. And I would say that it's a great soundbite from Dan Lanning, but shoe on the other foot. If Oregon got the invite to the Big 12, and maybe they have, don't tell me Dan Lanning wouldn't be the first one if they went being like, this is a great move. It's great. Fantastic move. It's a no-brainer. Of course, he'd be cheerleading the idea. Wait, DA, I'm stunned to a news. You said sorry, Cap. Andrew Kaplan, Wizard of Watch DA, went to Colorado? He absolutely did. That That is so... What? I that didn't know so. him and Jack Stern, alumnus, alumniuses of the Colorado Buffaloes. Alumniuses. That is exactly right. Both those guys are Buffalo grads, CU grads. And uh, yeah, I've, now, you know, for alumni events, which I'm sure you would love to go back to Boulder for, you can hitch a ride with Cap. I Boulder's is Boulder a great place to be. Are you kidding me? Boulder's the best place to be. Kai Horton. <laughs> Especially with Jack Stern. Well, look, we can leave that part out of it. But Boulder, <laughs> you are only a hop, skip, and a jump outside of Denver, which is an amazing city. Boulder has these incredible mountains all around it, the Rocky Mountains, so you can go skiing like five minutes after your class ends. It's gorgeous, and it's also basically the biggest party college campus in the world, certainly in the States. I mean, Colorado's no, renowned for its party scene and it's of all shapes and sizes. It's it's a, it's it's the town. I can't believe, Boyle, you haven't just driven to Boulder and spent four days there in, in all of your glory. Yeah, I don't know. You just sold it extremely well, so I guess I gotta, <laughs> I guess I gotta go check it out. <laughs> well, think about the preferred vices of the state of Colorado. Yeah. I mean, now, add to that the, the fact that it's a college town. Add to that, I mean, it's just... 
like gorgeous, it's spectacular. I mean, Colorado is a bleep show. I'm talking about CU. CU is a bleep show. I've never actually spent any time there, but my friends that have gone there or friends that have graduated there was like, yeah, you don't even survive four years in Boulder. Wow. Well, Cap, yeah. I think Cap survived all four years, if I'm not mistaken, unless there was a transfer to a, a, a SUNY Old Westbury or a SUNY Plattsburgh in there. <laughs> no, no. No, no. He he did four. He did four, and, and he survived to tell about it. But that's why he doesn't talk about it, because he's like, you know, I can't talk about these things. <laughs> and we'll give you uh, three, choice, uh, three choices for those vices, and the first two choices don't count. Yeah, I think we all know the vices. <laughs> <laughs> so is that why Cap just sits in the back quietly? Is he still, like, shell-shocked from Colorado? Cap has seen so many things. Cap has done so many things that he's one of those guys that it's like you're a senior and you watch the freshman go crazy and you're like, I've done all that, man. You guys are just JV. He's he's graduated to varsity partying. And now, yeah, he just sits in the back as the wizard. So that's how Cap looks. He looks down on all of us. Yeah, we're all just mm-hmm. JV to him. We're all squares. Bored. Totally. No. Nothing. Uncool. He's, he's seen the varsity. He's been part of the all-pro. So here is Mike McDaniel as Jalen Ramsey, of course, was injured late last week and is now going to have knee surgery, taking him out until December. Here's the Dolphins head coach. He's a self-proclaimed alien. Um, and, you know, he, he couldn't have a better mindset with which to attack um, this process. Um, he He's immediately, tell me whatever the timeline is and I'm going to beat it by a month. I don't, I don't doubt that. But the most interesting part about this clip is not that Jalen Ramsey might come back earlier than December. It's that Mike McDaniel is one of the handful of people in the world that I would want to sit down and say, what do you think about real aliens? I, I don't really care about Jalen Ramsey's timeline. I care about what do you think about UFOs? What do you think about aliens? Do you think we made contact? How many people do you think in America are part of the Pentagon, the CIA, whatever, that have the the sensitive information on this? What do you think they look like? When do you think that we'll actually, you know, uh, uh, connect with them publicly? When do you think they'll be uh, uh, somehow implemented into our society? I mean, Mike McDaniel would have alien takes for days. And good ones, I think. Really good ones. Yeah. He, absolutely, and I, I just, <laughs> I like how he starts off that answer. Yeah, he's a, a self-proclaimed alien. Um, <laughs> you know, he's he's definitely not of this earth. You know, Jalen Jalen's seen UFOs. Yeah. Uh, we haven't. He's seen them. Daniel's uh, great because he's so deadpan about everything. He is, but you know there's that tongue-in-cheek, like, sarcasm. Like, he knows what he's saying is funny, and he's, like, acting through it all, keeping a straight face. Totally. We better get some gems out of him this year, especially if they're good. You know, maybe hopefully they don't have to worry about Tua concussions all year this year. And we can get Mike McDaniel unhinged, unfiltered, dropping some phenomenal nuggets on us. Because I think he's got, like you said, his takes on aliens. I Like, I think things that he's said so far, we're only scratching the surface with his wisdom. I agree. McDaniel is, is one of the great quotes already in NFL history. And he's, and two, so he's a year in. Yeah, we need more of it, and we need him expounding on everything non-football as well. Like in that press conference, I wish somebody would have said, so let's talk about real aliens here, Mike. (laughs) Finally, Adam Schefter 
with all these injuries and holdouts and contracts being signed, Schefter's a busy man. Listen to his phone, which won't stop ringing. This is courtesy of NFL Live at ESPN. We'll tell you the story on it, but I, I think it's going to be smooth sailing. It'll be really interesting to watch. As Shefty mentioned, it's been three and a half decades <laughs> of greatness from the Packers. Shefty's turns out that Shefty's uh, <laughs> ringtone is ringtone. <laughs> No, it's, it's not. Chef 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 you can ring Chef that bell. <laughs> it won't stop. Go to break. <laughs> you can see out of his face. He's like, it won't stop. The phone is off and it won't stop. So the, the song that Schefter has as his ringtone is Anita Ward's Ring My Bell. Anita Ward was like a disco star back in the late 70s. Ring My Bell is really her biggest and maybe only hit. Is it weird that number one, Schefter uses a song as his ringtone, which is very 2008? Or is it weird that he uses a song from 45 years ago? Or does this make him endearing? Where do we fall on? <laughs> yeah, not endearing. Not R- endearing. Bugs, you don't like it? Well, I... I mean, it's also too like not his favorite song. It's like a sarcastic like ring my phone, ring my bell. I I don't know. I don't get it. No thank you. I I kind of <laughs> like it. I just I he's ashamed by it it seems. He's embarrassed. Although maybe he's not because he keeps saying, "Oh, it won't stop." I think you can easily just silence your phone there, Adam. Um I love that song. That's a phenomenal song. So I like the song choice. And I just laugh at the fact that like it could have been Jim Ursay or a cold source calling, and uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor's uh, requesting a trade. And on the other end, it's, Can you ring my bell? Ring my bell. Hello? And then he just picks up, Yeah, this is Adam. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor's requested a trade. Go I, for you. Shefty. Go for Shefty. That would, that's the opposite of endearing. That is douche level 100 out of 10. Yeah, go for Shefty. Yeah, go for Boyle. <laughs> it's like the people are calling thing, you. They know who they're going for. The weird thing, though, is that if you use a song as your ringtone, don't you at some point get totally sick of that song? You start to hate the song. So as Bogus just said, if he's using Anita Ward Ring My Bell, he's been using it ever since he was able to do a ringtone as a song. <laughs> right, right. So how many years has he been listening to freaking Anita Ward ring on his phone? My, my alarm in the morning used to be Robin Williams saying, Good morning, Vietnam. So I got really tired of that movie after a while. Wow, how about that? Yeah. So yes, you can get tired of your ringtone. Bridget's like, wake up, Pete. You're going to Vietnam again. Again. Good morning, Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. Looping, because I. Good morning, Vietnam. Pete, can you get that? Pete, please get that. Good morning, Vietnam. You know, speaking of your wake up, Pete, without Shawnee, who's Hi. calling you to make sure oh. that you're awake these days? No, I have an alarm set. Botch is here, and Botch. Oh, that's okay. right. Yes. It wasn't. Sean didn't do that. It was. Right. It was Spot. It was a different person you inconvenienced. No, to make it, sure you're it's awake. All, it's a backup. It's mm-hmm. set there in case I oversleep. It's a team effort, folks. Yeah, and, and I don't know. It is a, it it's is a solo a, effort for me, and it's knock on wood. So far, so good for <laughs> almost twenty years. And okay, if you relax. don't, if you oversleep, your wife's not there. 
though your wife's not there to you know give you a little nudge if your if your alarm continues to ring and no, you for my, whatever reason my don't backup get up. my backup plan is my obnoxious actual alarm clock that's across the room that would wake everybody up if it goes off. So I get up before that one goes oh, off. So, that's the that's the fail safe. So if that goes off, you're waking up everybody. So you're inconveniencing your house. But I don't. That ne- <laughs> it almost never goes off. I make it off like twice that I can think of right now. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I get up. I baby. feel bad for the alarm clock manufacturers that used to have a very profitable business, and now all you do is you use your phone. I mean, you just you know, if you have an alarm clock, it's it's usually decades old at this point in time. A very robust industry just went underwater. Yeah, that's uh, technology. They died yeah. out. That's how technology works, do you? Alarm clock makers should have made a phone. They should have thought, you know, they should have been two <laughs> right, steps ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> the Casio phone. Yeah, the Casio that you hold up to your head as it beeps. <laughs> <laughs> So, what's eating you? People that get in the left lane and drive the speed limit. I gotta trash the NFL, man. Trash my ex-girlfriend. You want me to trash that? Trash Tuesday. My favorite day of the week, not for nothing. Time to vent. We take it out like the trash. It's Trash Tuesday. All right. On a Trash Tuesday, you can always listen to us across the great CBS Sports Radio Network on hundreds of affiliates nationwide and also on Sirius XM Channel 158. Also listen to us on the free Odyssey app or the free CBS Sports app as well. Jeremy tweets, I'm trashing the ladies at the movie theater who were talking on their phone during the entire movie. Hashtag get them out. What a beatdown. Dixieland Dan says, DA, I'm trashing you and your Colorado being the best party school take. You mean to tell me they party harder than ASU, Penn State, Michigan, Bama, or the one-two combo of Ole Miss and LSU? Colorado (laughs) didn't even crack the top 20. I'm going to politely disagree. Get you out. I smell rotten eggs. Look, I'm not here to tell you they don't party well. A lot of other schools, a lot of other campuses. I've seen Ole Miss on a game day. I've seen a lot of those schools you just mentioned around a Saturday college football I'm just saying there are people that I know that are degenerates. I mean, true deplorables. And they went to Colorado (laughs) and said, I couldn't survive the weekend there. That they had to escape because there was so much drug use, so much hard drug use, so much everything use, so much, oh my God, these kids are out of control. I mean, it's all I know is people that I thought, you know, their bodies were made of drugs, went to Colorado and said, I couldn't do it. I can't do this. So. <laughs> Pat Boyle, who are you trashing? Uh, I got a couple ones, DA, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out which one to settle on. I think ultimately I'm going to go with people, friends, female friends in my instance, uh-huh. that double or triple call when I don't answer the first oh, one. Oh, yeah. Hey, look, if I'm not answering the phone call, I'm either busy or I'm working. So don't call me a second time, and then don't call me another hour later. I will text you. I will call you back as soon as I can, or I won't. But don't stop calling me two, three times a day, especially at 11.30 in the morning. I had just left here yesterday. I'm on my drive home. And I'm listening to a podcast, trying to catch up on some stuff, ringing, ringing away. I just swiped up on the first one because I wanted to ring through. Calls back again. Now you're getting declined. Hour later, 
Calls again. Don't answer. Then I get a text. Why are you not answering? Well, it's because either I don't want to or I'm busy. So stop double and triple calling me. And I've got friends that do that, too. My mom does it at times, too. So anybody who double, triple calls, get them out. I will call you back when I can. That's just offensive. Why are you yelling? The best part about Boyle's trash is, as always, they start out relatively calm and they end in fury. <laughs> just winds himself into People want to talk to you. Why, why are you getting mad? Well, it gets me hot. I know my blood pressure rises when I start thinking about it again because, like, I'm literally, and, and there was, of course, there was traffic yesterday in the tunnel, which there always is, going back to Hoboken. So I'm sitting in standstill traffic. My AC coolant needs to be replaced. I'm ba- <laughs> barely getting cold air breathing, blowing through. I'm in 90 degree weather, and I'm trying to listen to something, and Leave me Bring alone. My yeah. Ring my bell. Vietnam. And maybe if I had <laughs> ring my bell playing, I would have been a much, uh, you know, would have been a much easier listen to just listen to it instead of I just stop calling me. Just send a text. It's 2023. Who calls, let alone double and triple calls? <laughs> Who that, calls? That, that's why you got to get a peaceful ringtone. Find a peaceful ringtone. 2023, who calls people anymore? What what an outdated technology. Mm. Andrew Bogish. These are young women, Boyle, that were looking for an afternoon of fun or what? Partnership. Just attention. Oh, just attention. Just attention. (laughs) I want to talk to you. What's the problem with that? (laughs) I don't want to talk. Don't want to talk to you. That's not nice. (laughs) (laughs) One day in your life, you'll be like, damn it. If only I could talk to a girl right now. Right. Somebody call me. Exactly. (laughs) Andrew Bogus, who are you trashing? Uh, D, it is a very in-show, inside-the-show trash. The more um, inside, the better. Good. So I wish you were here so I could fully point to it, but over the right shoulder of your two-dimensional stand-in is the television that has the beautiful spinning... Now, it does mention embargoed areas, but it's a beautiful logo on the TV. It makes the stream look great. That looks like a generic skyline to me. I don't I don't think that's an oh, unnamed I, I don't know. I see the Chrysler Building, the Empire State Building. <laughs> there's anyway. a couple of Chrysler Buildings. I Anywho, think there's one in Detroit. Anywho, being you last week, I had to remember, and I failed multiple times, that three hours into the show, I need to reset the machine so that logo unfreezes and That's like right. the uh, dis- you know like the the actual like kind of display numbers go off, and I'm trashing the fact, and I don't know how these things are made, but if it can be made to run for three hours unbothered, it should be made to run for four hours unbothered. So whoever can't add the extra hour built into this little gif, whatever this thing is, I'm trashing them. Trash Splash it. Brothers. More like the Trash Brothers. You are listening to us via some type of mode of advanced technology, I would imagine. Perhaps streaming on your phone, perhaps in podcast form. Perhaps you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch, or perhaps you're listening on the radio or satellite radio. And you might be shocked to find out that we are at such an advanced state of technology on our end that the logo twisting behind us in the studio is run off of a DVD, a burned (laughs) DVD, and a DVD player from 2003. And thus, after three hours, the DVD pauses itself and then ultimately shuts off. So after three hours, usually at the top of the fourth hour, we need to restart it, sometimes by 
pressing eject to allow the DVD <laughs> to open and then pressing close again so that it restarts. This is where we are. CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being told from the gentleman in the back that it is a DVD space issue, that we are limited to a file <laughs> large enough for three hours, but not four, hence the need for the restart. Beat the body, Bilotti, who are you trashing? And just to clarify, it's technically not the Embargo City skyline because no, no city has the Empire State Building, the uh, the the Chrysler Building, all right next to each other. So <laughs> it's a new There's city. There's some artistic license. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The Statue of Liberty is very visible. Yeah, right. there's a that bit too. of a giveaway, but I think there's a Statue of Liberty in San Diego as well. That's exactly And right. Vegas, for sure. But That's yeah. right. All together, too. Uh, anyway, my trash is restaurants that don't offer good enough parking. You know, if I want to go, I want to go to a good establishment uh, and and enjoy your your food and and your your ambiance and everything. <laughs> I want to be able to park. You know, like, I went to a restaurant this past weekend, which I love, and it had about six parking spots. And then around the block, you can't park anywhere. There's no parking. So how am I supposed to go to the restaurant with there's six parking spots? I mean, find suitable parking if you're going to open up a business. I just think that's a very fair request for anybody to ask for. Trashing it. Get that guy a napkin. I'm going to have to lean on DA show quotes here or perhaps Cap or perhaps Bogish. <laughs> Didn't Pete trash this before? Yes, there has definitely been a a lack of parking trash before. Well, fine. Fine, because it's a problem. <laughs> they weren't listening. They haven't fixed it yet. But I, I'm saying that it might be the same exact establishment that might Pete be. is trashing. It might be. I enjoy it very much so. You know, <laughs> but but I, I don't want to drive around for three hours looking for parking yeah. and, then, and then settle on a spot that I have to move the car in 20 minutes. So Pete told me the name of the place off air. I've been there before. I have fought this fight. It is hard. They have like three on-site spots, which fill up immediately. And then the neighborhood is a beach community, so they have restricted parking. So you can't just drive there from outside, leave your car, and go to the beach. The The street parking is for residents. I think they even have stickers in your car. But it's hard. I get it. But the alternative for this particular place would be to spend a you-know-what ton of money to, like, buy a house, knock it down, and pave it for parking, which also seems impossible as well. So this is just, if you don't like the parking at this place, just don't go there. Oh, that's ridiculous. I, I want to go to the place. I like the food. <laughs> I, I like the food. I have I have the Brussels sprouts with bacon. On the, with and, bacon? And, and with bacon. Excellent. With bacon. Excellent. I mean, why do I have to now not go to the place because they can't put up a parking lot? Find a spot and put a parking. Maybe they can buy out some of the residential sticker spots. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a great idea. And then people can park and people can enjoy themselves even more so. They've people got to make money. That's it. they got to channel a little inner John Mayer. Pave paradise, put up a parking lot. That, that's Counting Crows. That's not John Mayer. That's not John Mayer? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> now, I'm getting a lot of things wrong. Counting Crows really definitely are. did that. Adam Duritz, right? Yes. But I think that Mayer may have done another version, too. And that's originally a Joan Baez song. Uh, think good so. call. You're Dirt's right. Covered it. That's, yeah, I mean, that, that's a 60s song. Who originally so. sang Pave Paradise? That's Joni Mitchell. 
No, Joni Mitchell. I think. I mean, that's the first Google link I yeah, found, so I'm right. running with it. It's a Joni Mitchell song. And then, so, <clears throat> he might be right. There might also be a version done by... Let's see. It's, it's officially called Big Yellow Taxi. That's the name really? of the song. Yes. And very wow. Popular. I would have never gotten that. You would think it would be Paved Paradise. Yes, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and put then in parentheses, and put up a parking lot. <laughs> While Bogus looks for that, you guys yeah. ever park? I don't see a John Mayer Big Yellow Taxi oh, performance. Wow. Okay. You guys ever park in like, like for example, if you were to park across the street from this restaurant that you guys can't park at, um, if there's like a Trader Joe's or like another grocery store and like something else, and it's like parking only for this business. Yeah. I park yeah. in those spots all the time. How are you going to find out if I'm going in there or not? I get scared about getting towed. I've been towed before, and it's just a brutality. <clears throat> so gonna, I get I get freaked out. Not going to take that risk with two kittens either. Yeah, but I know you leave them in the car, right? So they get towed. The car they go with the car. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But you're sitting there on the phone trying to figure out where your car is with two kids. <laughs> well, it's an expensive babysitter, but it does work. <laughs> let the let the tow company take the kids with it. Uh, I got to do this, and I, I hate to do it, but uh, I'm trashing my aunt Margie. Uh, my Aunt Margie <laughs> called me a couple of weeks ago, and I was in the middle of, I'm sure, a diaper change or a bottle feed or a something. You know, I'm I'm speaking to the choir here, but you guys know, like, if you get a sliver of five minutes when, you know, your baby's down and you're not, you run to do anything else. You're like, okay, this is where I have to fit in, like, all of my dry cleaning i've got to get like these three minutes i got to get like the the lawn mode so you're just constantly in a hyper activity mode she called me she left a voicemail i didn't get back to her right away and then it floated back to me that she's been bad mouthing me within the family you know i called damon and he never called me back and she's such a sweetheart and i'm like oh man finally i saw my mom last week and she goes yeah did you hear Aunt margie's really mad at you and i was like okay i'll call her back I'll just tell her i'm sorry i called her back the other day left a voicemail she still hasn't called me back. She has, I think she has taken an embargo out on me. I think she now is saying <laughs> wow. there's a there's a silent protest against Damon. So I got to say, like, yeah, she's had a kid. She's got to know. I know it was a long time ago, but it just, you know, Pat doesn't even want to be called. At least I'm giving you the courtesy of calling you back, and now I'm <laughs> on the blacklist. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's like, you just, you got to give me some, some, a chance here. I think I call her one more time this week and leave another voicemail. Okay, I'm sorry again. Is this what you want me to do, to beg and plead? But at some point, at Marge, you guys just let it go. So, unfortunately, I got a trash her. That's a dumpster dive. I think if, you know, if I put on my Dr. Phil hat here, uh-huh. uh, if you call her again, I'm going to guarantee that she answers the phone. <laughs> okay. Damon, okay? She, no, she'll, the, she wants to, she's playing a little taste of your own medicine here. So she's going to dub the first call and not get back to you. I see. You call her again, I guarantee you, she picks up, and you just hit her with, oh, Aunt Margie, I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you. And it'll be it'll be water under the bridge. Okay. I'll keep you posted. Is this your haircutting aunt? No. Okay. No. In that case, I would have to get back to her right away because right. I can't lose those privileges. Exactly. Oh, you, you, one of your aunts is the one that, that, that cuts your dome? 
Yeah, one of my aunts, and she's not technically aunt by blood, but she's my mom's, one of my mom's close friends, and I've known her since I was born, and she's been part of the family, so we call her my Aunt Kathy, and Aunt Kathy is actually, by trade, a hairdresser, and she did hairdressing for, like, people for photo shoots and for television work, so she's really a professional in the industry. So she's retired now, but she still does my hair, and she's like, really? I mean, not to toot my own horn, but like her haircuts are amazing. And then I go to other haircuts, and it's just my hair looks terrible. So I've got to keep her in my good graces. So like, look, I, I go, I bring her wine, you know, I bring them a gift. So I make sure that I'm around there. To, when are you available? I can make that work, you know. So it's a little different. Aunt Marge is not cutting my hair, so I don't have to be so nice. <laughs> Uh, Moist Pork says, good morning, DA. I'm trashing all of the listeners of the station which must not be named that are hating on Mraz. They have no idea how Oof. lucky they are. They wouldn't know Radio Gold if it hit them in the face. Hashtag get them out. Please keep your social distancing. Mraz has met a little bit of resistance in his new job, but I'm sure they'll come around. You know, it just it takes a little time to to absorb the greatness that is Mraz. I'll be toasting those listeners on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Chris tweets, Good morning, DA. I'm trashing the whole interview process for the executive producer role. The only one who can fill the shoes is Tom Doyle. Any outsider will be raked over the coals so hard from the aliens that they will quit in a week. Wow. Hashtag just hire Doyle. Oh, break out the hazmat suit. We'll get to more trashes coming up here after the break. But boy, could you imagine the the fear that is being put into potential EPs that the aliens will make you quit in a week? <laughs> That's harsh. Right after Moise Pork says, be nice to Sean. This guy's <laughs> predicting violence towards the new Sean. It's a tumultuous time here. Emotionally very raw. Wow. CBS Sports Radio. Oof. And Pete goes back and forth to both camps. Oh, Love he's Sean, squarely, Mrs. Sean, hates Sean. He's squarely in the hate Sean camp. Well, uh, the enough Sean camp. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I, yeah. The guy's not Jesus. Yeah, and I saw him for the first time yesterday, uh, and he walks in like he runs the place. Right, right. Enough of that. Yep. Kiss the ring. Here I am. Everybody look. Get Mike, get your attention. Ha ha. Sean, he's here. That's going to be the toughest thing for everybody to to overcome is that you love Mraz. Of course, we all love Mraz, but when he when he peacocks is and now that he's in this role, that peacocking might become insufferable. Right, he, he it didn't even get through a week and he's doing it. Yeah, and you know what our problem is here, guys. Really, when the push comes to shove, Tiki's not the guy we need in that dynamic. Another former player, our good friend Bart Scott. Some of them put Sean in their place. That's not Tiki's thing. Yeah. Tiki's just going to sit there, be nice, be cool, be sweet. Never going to teach Sean a lesson, knock him down a peg. Sean wouldn't listen to Evan if Evan tried. So we've got nobody in the room That's that can point. do Pete's dirty work. Yeah, we need someone to put him in his place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do. we got to hire some brawn. <laughs> Bogues his headlines. Uh, it feels a lot like an important U.S. men's soccer game. Frustration with the lack of offense, confusion with substitution patterns, a disappointing result, heavy criticism of the head coach, but it's the U.S. women processing a scoreless draw with heavy underdog Portugal to close group play at the World Cup. Former player Carly Lloyd is working down under for Fox and did not appreciate seeing the current players oh. happy postgame. I have never witnessed... And just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I have never witnessed something like that. 
there's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player of the match was that post. You were lucky to not be going home right now. Uh, the post, Ooh, yeah. That is spicy. Mm-hmm. She also went in on the head coach saying he's not the guy to do what they need to do wow. to recoup for the knockout stage. The post, by the way, Portugal hit it in the 91st minute, a potential game winner just inches away from going in. It would have been probably the biggest upset ever in women's soccer history had it gone in, but it didn't. So the U.S. advances second in the group to the Netherlands, who throttled Vietnam 7-0 at the same time. They win the group on goal differential. Up next for the U.S. is likely Sweden on Sunday. Group D action right now. England leads China 4-1. They are getting deeper into the second half, and Denmark has a one nothing lead on Haiti. Um, it looks like Denmark and England will advance to the knockout stage out of that group. Niners GM John Lynch said yesterday he'd prefer all players be at camp, but he understands it'll take some time with Nick Bosa. His holdout will eventually end with Bosa becoming the highest-paid defender in league history. The Seattle Mariners traded away two players yesterday, but then continued their playoff push. The 1-1. Swing, high fly ball, right field, hanging up there by the foul pole. It is fair. It is gone. It's a home run. It's Cal Raleigh 2 and the Red Sox 1. As heard on Mariners Radio, two solo shots from Cal Raleigh in what became a 6-2 decision over the Red Sox. Seattle's a season-high four games over 500, three and a half games behind the Blue Jays for the last wildcard spot, all after sending outfielder A.J. Pollock to the Giants and closer Paul Seawall to the Diamondbacks. Those two teams playing in San Francisco, Arizona winning 4-3-10. and The Giants lead atop the wildcard standings down to a half game on the Phillies, 4-2 winners in Miami. The D-backs tied with those Marlins and the Brewers for the last NL wildcard. And Boyles Notre Dame signing a new apparel contract with Under Armour. It's reportedly worth 10 mil a year for Ooh. the school. And now... We're stunned. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. It's a stunned follow-up, my favorite, and thanks to the multiple listeners who sent it my way. Not too long ago, I introduced you all to a Japanese man who went, who spent over $10,000 for a lifelike Kali costume. The man named Toko online had always dreamed of being an animal, and he somehow landed on this type of dog, and again, spent thousands of dollars on a costume to make it happen. It took the company 40 days to make this dog suit. Toko debuted his getup in public recently, being taken for a walk by a friend who is somehow not creeped out by all of this. Uh, The YouTube video is nearing 2 million views. Uh, As I said originally, no judgment on this guy's choices, but the craftsmanship of this dog suit is so high and impressive <laughs> he looks like a dog but i know there's a man in there and it's freaking me out <laughs> well the funny part about this is you're right i mean the costume is so good but he is clearly a, a human on all fours 
Ugh. because you can see the the large shoulders which yeah. stick out wider than a normal dog's skeleton would so you can tell it's a human being in a dog outfit and he's crawling on all fours on the street he's playing with dog toys yeah. on the ground this guy's got massive problems Massive problems. I mean, like, the good thing is it's basically like a victimless, victimless crime. There's yeah. no, like, great. Hey. I'd rather him do this than a, many, many other things, <laughs> but it's still really weird. The video's amazing. He rolls over on his back and starts pawing <laughs> like he wants his belly rubbed. <laughs> he's in a full dog outfit, and he's just on all on his back. Got some sick people around here. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with this? It's not sexual. What's just, wrong with this? I, I think he just a bunch wants of things. To be, he wants to act like a dog. Maybe he thinks that we all got some screw looses. Yeah, I wanted to be a dog too, DA, when I was seven. <laughs> and then those dreams dissipate and you grow up a little bit. That's right. You, right. Don't, you don't spend 15 grand to be a dog. Are we the ones to be telling others to grow up? Look at what we do for a living. <laughs> but they pay us for this. We're not paying them to let us do this. You want to be a dog? For, you, there's one day you could be a dog. It's October 31st. Okay. All right. So if this guy dressed up as this border collie in a full dog outfit and rolled over on his back to be pet, you'd be okay if it was Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, you want to do it on Halloween, that's fine. Not in the middle of summer or whenever this actually happened. Wherever the hell he was, I know he's from Japan, but wherever this happened, I saw the video, the woman who's like, you know, with him, who got, you know, got to be totally embarrassed, secondhand embarrassment, and she's like talking him through it. There's other dogs coming up. The people are like, what is going on? Obviously, you can tell it's not a dog because the tongue doesn't come out. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? At the end of the video, he waves goodbye with his paw. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Woof, I mean, woof, woof. Imagine you're, you're, you're unlucky in love. You can't find a partner. You finally find someone. Things are going so great. And one day he goes, <laughs> so my real dream in life was to be a dog. Let me show you something. And he comes back walking out of the bedroom on all fours as a border collie. What the hell do you do? Restraining uh, look, order. I know that this seems crazy and this guy seems like Loco, Toco, whatever his name is. But there are people that are just doing this type of stuff behind closed doors that are way crazier. This guy's just dressing up as a dog and rolling over to be pet in the belly. I'm going to tell you this right now. You, this is the tip of the iceberg for a lot of people out there doing way uh, weirder stuff that we don't know about. What are they called in in costumes? Lunatics. Furries. Furries, right. They dress up as cartoon Lunatics. animals, and they, they, and they do... <laughs> they have... They have relations in the costume. So you think this is weird. Again, this isn't sexual. He's just dressing up like a dog. I, it's I like ridiculous. How you, I like how you're, con, you're, condo, you love, you're condoning this. Meanwhile, if I bought a big gold belt for $200. Not uh, allowed. Not allowed. <laughs> no, nope. not, not allowed. Why are you Roll watching up. wrestling? Well, what's the, this guy's buying a $20,000 costume. You know what? And, 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 oh, well, it's just fine. Hey, at That's least he's not having point. sex in the costume. No. <laughs> no, you know what, Pete? I would contribute to you going over, going through a full body makeover to look like Hulk Hogan, but I don't want you wearing a Hulk Hogan replica belt. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, we got to take a break. I don't know. This seems relatively harmless. <laughs> Get lost. <laughs>
relatively harmless. There's so many no, better does. hobbies. Where's Rosie? It does. It does. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic feel. All right, so a guy spent $14,000 in a border collie costume and now dresses up and acts like a dog. What's so wrong with that? Here's your fail. It took the company 40 days to make this dog suit. Toko debuted his getup in public recently, being taken for a walk by a friend who is somehow not creeped out by all of this. And the people were pissed. Got some sick people around here. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with this? It's not sexual. What's just, wrong with this? I, I think he just a bunch wants of things. to be. He wants to act like a dog. Maybe he thinks that we all got some screw looses. Yeah, I wanted to be a dog too, DA, when I was seven. <laughs> and then those dreams dissipate, and you grow up a little bit. That's, that's right. Come on, man. I just don't like him. You. Dog! You want to be a dog for... You, there's one day you could be a dog. It's October 31st. I think you're an idiot. Dog! I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> At the end of the video, he waves goodbye with his paw. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Woof, woof, woof. Imagine you're you're lucky you're unlucky in love. You can't find a partner. You finally find someone. Things are going so great, and one day he goes. <laughs> so my real dream in life was to be a dog. Let me show you something. And he comes back walking out of the bedroom on all fours as a border collie. What the hell do you do? Restraining uh, order. You're right. Very bland. What are they called in in costumes? Lunatics. Furries. Furries. Right. They dress up as cartoon Lunatics. animals, and they they, they do <laughs> they have relations in the costume. So you think this is weird? Again, this isn't sexually just dressing up like a dog. I, it's I like ridiculous. How I like how you con you condo you love you condoning this. Meanwhile, if I bought a big gold belt for $200. Not uh, allowed. Not allowed. <laughs> no. Nope. Not allowed. Why are you Roll watching up. wrestling? Well, what's the, this guy's buying a $20,000 costume. You know what? And, 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 oh, well, it's just fine. Hey, at least he's not having point. sex in the costume. No. <laughs> they are banging one another. Bone jobs full on nude. I like handling meat. You dog. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. Whole question was a bit of a bucket of cold water. Does the show sometimes sound like a bunch of cackling hyenas, according to Victoria in Mobile? And 70% of you said, yes. <laughs> hyenas do live in territorial social groups called clans. They are dominated by females and can reach up to 70 members. And some scientists believe that laughter was used as a way for humans to relate to one another millions of years before they developed lung strength for language is that so <laughs> the mechanism of laughter is so ingrained in our brains that babies as young as 17 days old has been observed at doing it wow <laughs> we communicated via laughter before the lung strength for language hmm. avery's in michigan this morning here on the show to have the last word good morning avery morning da how you doing, bud? I'm doing all right. Good. What's going on? I kind of want to talk about the Travis Kelsey incident at tra training camp. All right. What do you think? Oh, boy. You just won the Super Bowl. What the heck are you thinking? Punching a teammate, right? Yep. Yeah, you should be happy with that championship ring, another Vince Lombardi trophy, and just chill out, right? 
Amen to that. <laughs> okay. So are we trashing Travis Kelsey today? I guess you could do that. Yes, let's do that. All right, let's trash Travis I'm Kelsey. getting queasy. What's your summer been like? He gone. Oh, he gone. Okay. Avery in Michigan trashing Travis Kelsey. We've had a lot of good trashes this morning on the show. Lukewarm Churro trashing his delivery guy who has delivered packages to the neighbors for six years now. Come on, dude. We've talked about this for six years. Real year of the buffoon type stuff here. Hashtag trash him. I'm getting queasy. That's got to be tough. If for six years you've told your delivery driver, you're delivering our packages to our neighbors, please stop. And they don't. Okay, that'll do it for us this morning here on the show. Thanks to Pat Boyle, executive producer. Thanks to Pete the Body Bellotti on the wheels of steel and audio director. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA, and Andrew Bogish on your headlines. We will see you tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you then. I'm DA. The Mothership Disconnects. Oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh